Hello, 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 friends of On The Way Home. I'm your host, Michael Braithwaite, and I am from Bluedor, one of the great organizations bringing you this podcast in partnership with our friends at the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness. At Bluedor, we have had to kind of step further uh, out of our comfort zone uh, because of the housing crisis we find ourselves in. And we've done a lot of work in social purpose real estate. What is social purpose real estate? Well, we've had people, I think, on the show talk a little bit about it, but it really is Bluedor um, working with our funders to purchase buildings and keep them uh, forever affordable with supports wrapped around it. We've been able to do that for 2S LGBTQ plus youth, for senior men and for families. And it's it's pretty cool. We continue to do that work to keep housing truly affordable and truly supportive. Now, this podcast, as I said, is brought to you by our Blue Door, but with our friends at the Canadian Alliance and Homelessness. Canadian Alliance always has all sorts of really cool campaigns going on that you need to be a part of and they'd love your support for. Uh, check out what they're up to at caeh.ca. Uh, if you want to become a Built for Zero community, and let me tell you, you do uh, look at uh, their training that they provide at CAEH, among others as well, uh, at caeh.ca. And that's our partners. Well, let's get to today's guest. We often talk about um, solutions from across Canada. We lean on each other to see what we're doing to face these big challenges that day in, day out are facing the people we support. Um, and sometimes we look outside of Canada, we look to the US, we look around the world. One of the countries that constantly comes up with as a beautiful example of ending homelessness, truly ending homelessness over, uh, and they do this with a long term plan, is Finland. And so we can learn so much from them. And with me today, I have Yuha. Uh, Kahila, and he is the he is the head of international affairs at the Y Foundation. Uh, we had another Yuha uh, Kaknin on this show uh, a couple times before. That uh, Yuha has since retired, I believe. Uh, so great to welcome uh, Yuha to the show to talk about the wonderful things that him and his team are working on at the Y Foundation. And it just again, he's probably inundated all the time with people reaching out. Uh, so I'm so grateful for his time. Yuha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for the invite. It's my pleasure to be here. You know, we started off um, with the same question for everyone, and, and that's a pretty simple question. It's a, it has some similarities for everyone, but of course some differences because it's extremely personal, and that is, what does home mean to you? Well, for me, it's my safe haven, haven and when I go there and my wife and and it's the place to relax, you know, I can be there as relaxed as I want to be. And I think the safety element is, is the biggest one. So I have some keys, keys to the lock and then, you know, every night we can be sure that, that, you know, we can go back, back to our own place and do the things we do as a family. So I think those are the, you know, home. Yeah. It- Thank you for that answer. And safety definitely plays a piece. And, and we hear that a lot. It's, it's where I can really be my true self. I can let my guard down. I'm not at work. I'm not in the public. I could just be safe to be me and safe. Now, uh, let's learn a little bit about you and, and your work. No one really, uh, not many people go to school and actually say, this is what I'm going to do uh, in the field of housing. They kind of fall into it. So curious to learn about your journey. Well, it actually started, I... I, I first studied actually tourism and traveling because my my big trip all around the world and find some nice 
totals for travel agencies and, and that would be my job. Well, I did, did the studies, I, I think it was six months before I traded into, into services. And then that happened because, because after I did the six months in, in, in the traveling school, I went to work as a school assistant for some had nothing to do during the summer break and so so we had different kind of activities for them and that sort of sparked my interest towards the social work and and then yeah then i went to social services and i had my bachelor degree degree and then i start working in the child protection for a couple of years years and then then i move move to work into homelessness sector so it's to homelessness and I was a support worker for, for almost four years there. So doing home visits and all the other kinds of things with, with young people who got home from us and, and yeah, worked there in the Youth Housing Association almost 10 years uh, as a support worker for four years and then as a service manager for a couple of years and at the end of the day I was for almost four years as well as well and then i move here at the wife foundation and then i i end up coordinating the national housing first network of that same network and and did that that thing for a couple of years and and now i've been doing this international work for about a year so a lot of things has happened but that's you know uh long story short very cool. The journey from tourism to the work you're doing now, very, very cool. Thank you for that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Y Foundation. Um, what do they do? How long have they been around? How are they formed? Anything you could share? Yeah, well, Y Foundation, we are at the moment the Finland's almost 19,000 apartments all around Finland, which of 11,000 is uh, affordable. Social housing and then 8,000 apartments is aimed for special groups, for example. And, and we have been founded 1985, and then back then the, the letter Y uh, meant in Finnish, which is lonely. Lonely, which is together in English. So it has been a long road, a long road from 1985 until today. And of course, a lot of things has happened, and, and we have grown really fast uh, during the past and 15 we still had 30 workers and now we have somewhere around 170 workers and and you know almost 20,000 apartments around Finland so it has been amazing for people who who are in need but then again we have a lot of other activities as well I work here at the development unit where we have for example our our, our own research team we have here in Finland regarding homelessness and housing first and affordable housing, but also, you know, many, many collab researches internationally as well. And, and then we have worked for a couple of years ago, we had project regarding women homelessness, and now we are starting pro project regarding youth homelessness and youth housing and so on. So a lot of different kind of activity in being a landlord. Very cool. Thank you for that. Can you you help paint a picture of what homelessness looks like in Finland? It looks a little different all around the world, uh, and 
we'll talk about the work that the Y Foundation has done. It, it was kind of a long-term plan to get you to that uh, ending homelessness. But talk, let's talk a little bit about what, what does homelessness look like in Finland? Well, well, of course, maybe, you know, if you look how the homelessness looked 30 years ago in Finland, it was totally different. So I think the basic image was middle-aged man maybe living under the bridge or something like that. But now it's, you know, homelessness in Finland, it has also many different kind of faces. So we have youth homelessness, unfortunately, some of the refugees has become homeless but regarding that i i think we are on the right path so so the latest statistics shows that we have under four thousand homeless people a little bit under four thousand individual stories behind those numbers but i i think we are on the right path and one thing i'm really proud of is is that for example if you ever come to visit helsinking on the streets regarding if it's winter or, or summertime so so we have almost eradicated the street homelessness in finland not 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 every everything i'm really proud of and then of course i i think you know that we have the governmental support regarding the work we are doing in finland it has been hugely important and i'm i'm really happy that all the political homelessness and, and they think it's it's the right thing to do and that's that's key what you just said there now i think one of the challenges across the world certainly in canada is every four or five years we have a, a government change right and, and i think i'm going to ask you uh, about the keys to success but i think i mean this is the long game too you said it you know why foundation started in 85 but this whole plan to build housing and, and that housing first principle started you know 20 some odd years ago and you stuck to it through political changes uh but let's talk a little bit about that. What would have the key to what, what are the keys to success? Because you're often looked at around the world as the model of how to end homelessness. Yeah, well, I, I think the political support is is one of the key elements for sure. Like you said, like you said, and I think countries, the uh, service providers and NGOs, they need to lobby the politicians to scale up the housing first and ending homelessness and so on. But in Finland, the start of housing first was to do the systems change from, from the old staircase model into housing first in 2008. So in that way, it was the politicians who needed to lobby the service providers and first. And then when that went through, you know, uh, from 2008 until today, all the political parties has been at some point in the government and, and they have, next spring we have the election coming up and i'm quite sure that that we can rely that the support will continue quite quite strong so i think that that, that is for sure one of the key elements and affordable housing stock is quite sizable uh, for for example uh, if you look at the other 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 countries in europe there's the affordable housing stock is until 2008 2009 when there was the financial crash in in the whole world when you know everyone shut down building the affordable social housing we did the opposite because we need affordable social housing for many more people because of the financial crash down so i think that's that's also one of the key things and then third it's it's 
it all comes down to the housing first, but say that the government didn't start with a pilot project or anything like, like that. So it was basically basically all in from the get-go. So what we did that we transformed almost in first units where people have their individual apartments, you know, unlimited rental agreements and so on. So it was like, you know, hey, what we're going to lose if we try this, if, if this failed or this doesn't work in our own context. But at the end of the day, it, it worked. And, and yeah, I, I think that that's one of the key things. There was no, no need for program altogether from the get-go. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. And there's still, so people understand, I think um, you made the move away from just providing emergency housing, right? Where you had 600 units, I think, of emergency housing or, or shelter. And now there's just over 50. And my data might be a little old, too. And, and you know, so you went from 600 to 50. And it doesn't mean that there, there's fewer people in need. It's just you switched that model, right, to building yeah. all sorts. And let's talk about that, too. You didn't do just one type of housing, right? You have a bunch of different types of housing to meet different needs. Is that not right? <clears throat> uh, uh, of course, main main portion of the, the formerly uh, homeless people, they live in scattered housing. So here and there around the city, individual apartments. But then housing first units where there can be anything between 20 to 100 apartments in the same building. And there is on-site support 24-7 downstairs. And and that has worked quite well then because if we would have waited to get, you know, 1,000 affordable apartments, like just flicking our fingers, it wouldn't have worked. And, and many, many people would have you know, affordable housing and home of their own. So I think it was the right, right move. And, and, and still today, there has been some new developments regarding those units in, in the city of Helsinki, for example. Well, different kind of options when it comes to housing, because if we just rely on uh, individual affordable social housing, then we can, you know, we, we, we need to wait quite a long time. Look at the moment in, in many countries, and so it takes time to build, and I think you and I, we have time to wait, but I don't think the homeless people have that luxury. You're absolutely right. Uh, we talked about some of the successes. What have some of the challenges been uh, in taking on this work and doing the work that, that you faced over time? I think at, at this moment, the biggest challenge in, in Finland has been that the social and health services move from, from city level to regional areas. So that has been the biggest change in, in this Finnish system regarding social and healthcare. So, so the new regional area started at the beginning of this year and, and, and yeah, I'm curious to 
see how how that regional areas and then again the housing is on the on the local city level so so we need to be really careful that you know for example home issues doesn't fall into a gap between those two for example and then 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 again i i i think at at the moment because uh we have only under 4000 homeless people and and 70% they live with their friends and relatives and basically there are not that many people sleeping on rough so even though there is talk that we need to end homelessness i i think some people that you know think that there is no problem anymore that you know there are no people on the street sleeping there and so on so where is the problem so i need i think we need to be really careful of various actors and, and politicians and work groups and make sure that it's not forgotten and we still have many many homeless people who need home of their own and and, and then again there is uh challenges when people want to end their rehabilitation for example so so they need to wait a couple of months to get access and so on so those kind of things and i i think in in some parts of the finland there is some some you know level of mm, the practice and theory of housing first and the work we are they don't come up and add up together so i think there is some work to be done in that sense that you know in all parts of the finland the housing first still would be the leading way to do the homelessness work absolutely i mean there's, there's always pushback and anything you do and it's never perfect yeah. i like what you're saying too about hey let's you know we think problem solved and then the political will and money disappears that problem will come back real quick so you're absolutely right that's the challenge exactly. when you're, you're you're almost too good at what you're doing now we we know that for the longest time i think all of us around the world have been focused on ending homelessness we talk about that we're reacting to an issue that's already happened but we, we've since learned we can't really end it if we don't stop new people from entering into it so we've been a little more focused on prevention can you talk about the efforts of yourself and the y foundation and others on the preventative side of homelessness what have you done well i i think uh, the structural elements are probably the biggest one here in finland so we still need more but but the stock is quite sizable so of course that prevents a lot of homelessness in itself and, and then then we, then we have uh, which means that if you have some kind of problem to pay your rent or you have some kind of problems with the neighbors or so things like that you can uh, email or call in the dispute through your your issues and problems and challenges so for example if you haven't been able to pay your rent they can look to the financial situation together with you and if that you haven't been able to claim then they can help you to claim those benefits and you can pay the rent and if you have just spent the rent money, they can help you to make different kind of payments plans, so you can pay pay them in for a six months period or eight months or whatever suits into your financial situation, so you don't end up losing losing the home that you have. And then of course we have the lot. So for example, low income people and people who who have to live with the benefits. They they also got the housing benefit, which can 
cover up up to 80% of the rent. People people have some kind of benefits to make sure that they are able to pay their rent most of the time. And then I think those are the key things that we have we have been able to do here in Field Advice Services. They are doing an amazing job and and, and only in Helsinki, I think it was last year when I, I saw the statistics, they were able to prevent, I think it was something like 3,000 evictions. I think housing first and ending homelessness cannot be done without prevention work, working very close close by the, those those services as well. So I think that's something something that must be. Yeah, agreed. And I love what you're saying. I think listeners you, you know it's very difficult and much more difficult to find new housing from someone who's been evicted so sometimes and we, we talk about that uh you know when people will call into a central intake line or say hey i need a shelter bed we used to just say yes or no if we have one now we do a bunch of what we call diversion we ask a bunch of questions what, what's the situation well two hundred dollars short on rent okay let's keep you in your house let's find a way to make that payment because once you enter a shelter system and lose your housing, it's going to be a, a tough road ahead, right? Um, or can you stay with family? Can we work it out with the landlord? Is the eviction notice that they gave you, is it even legal? Or is it something that, do you know how to read it? Is it all those different questions, right? And it's it simply, it's pretty affordable. It's a cheap way to do it too. It makes sense. Uh, but we just ask some questions instead of yes or no. And normally we're diverting 20 to 30% of people from actually entering into the emergency housing system just by doing that. So uh, thank you for that work. So you've done such great work across the country. What does the future look like? What are your main focuses for the next few years? Uh, for the next home business in Finland by 2027, and then, you know, I've been traveling a lot for the past 13 months or so, and many, many people in many countries, they, they are asking the same question that are you serious? Yes, NDBM talk or something like fantasy talk, but actually it's not. It's totally doable here, here in Finland, and and the city of Helsinki they have even more ambitious goal, and they are trying to end up 2025. So two years from now there will be no homeless people in Helsinki, and and they are working the plan at the moment, and so far it, it looks really good, and Helsinki has done amazing job to uh, house. So many people from the streets and and from temporary accommodation in, in, into into permanent housing with the right kind of support. So that that's that's one thing. And of course, here London is one thing. And then reducing homelessness internationally is also part of our strategy. So of course, keep working with our international partners in the in the finance and the organizations in Canada and and. and various other countries and, and try to work together and find some new solutions and, and try to reduce the homelessness internationally as well that uh, we are working on in the future. So I welcome you, you to Helsinki in 2025 and see if there is homeless people in, in town or not. Hey, I, I, I would love to, love to visit, love to see that ambitious goal. Canada right now, I think our goal is by 2030 just to reduce chronic homelessness by 50%. Uh, so I, I, I see, you know, that's just chronic. That's seven years away for you and 
two years, Helsinki, to do that. Incredible, ambitious, and doable, as you said. You know, I want to thank you, and I want to thank your country for showing the rest of the world, the international world, this can be done. You know, sometimes you get a bit of an eye roll when, you know, when people and home, oh, come on. You know, well, it can be done. It takes hard work. It takes strategy. It takes prevention work. It takes housing first work. It's a variety of different methods. Uh, it takes political will and dollars. Finland has done all of that in the results show. So thank you so much for all you do. Uh, thanks for coming on this show and educating us and, share, and dropping some knowledge. Uh, we will have our eye uh, on Finland, our eyes on Finland and Helsinki to see um, homeless come to an end by 2025. I have no doubt you're going to do that. Thanks, Juha. Thanks for One last question for you. One last question for you. I should ask if people want to find out about the amazing stuff you're doing in your work, the international community, where can they go? Uh, you can put Google Y Foundation. Uh, uh, the, uh, many books available, for example, to download the story of Y Foundation. How, how did it start and, and how did we get where we are now? And also the story of the Finnish Housing First model. The whole story with the financial details and so on. So I think that's uh, worth looking looking for. Very cool. Absolutely, we will do that. Check it out. Google up the Y Foundation. See all the different resources available. You won't be disappointed. Yuha, thank you for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks and likewise. Have a good one. And it can be done, listeners. It can be done. We can end homelessness. Finland's been at this for, for a long, long time. They've uh, made huge investments. They've had political will through the changing of political parties. They pushed through. They continue to push through. And as you uh, said, listen, it doesn't stop. You have to continue this work. Uh, even after you stated maybe that you've ended homelessness, you continually have to work to keep it there. Um, but this is a great example. So check out the Y Foundation's website and all the different resources available. Uh, and get some inspiration for your organization, your country. As this is how it's done. Housing first, prevention, social housing, different types of social housing, a long-term plan. We can all do this so everyone has a safe place to call home. Awesome, awesome and inspirational as always. We'll see you next time on The Way Home. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.